Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy. I'm in the building. I got my guy, Mr. Mitchell in the building. State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 54. We're going to get into the Knicks' second preseason game. Uh, Knicks lose 159. <coughs> Mr. Mitchell, how you feeling, brother? Hey, bro. Well, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, but, of course, I'm angry and I'm fired up, of course, after that uh, second preseason game. And uh, before we before we get into it, just, just before people will jump to conclusions, I know there, there are people out there, oh, it's just a preseason game, preseason game, but that was just utter crap. I'm sorry, but it, it, even for a, for a preseason game, it was just utter crap. After the first game, yeah. I've got yeah, I've got nothing good to say about that game. <laughs> well, I'm, um, I'm gonna get into some of the stats, and then we gonna just I guess we could just directly talk about you know what we seen from the game directly. So the Knicks lose, like I said, 115. Um. Some stars of the night, Marcus Morris, he's still shooting crazy this preseason. He was 8 for 13, 3 for 7 from 3, 21 points. Um, And he also had the second highest plus minus of the team at a moment in time at plus 6. You got R.J. Barrett in his second preseason game. He's looking good. Six for 15, two for five from three. You got to get that three-point shot up. He is rebounding, though, at a good rate. Seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Um, minus 13, you know, Julius Randle trying to find his way. He was four for eight, one for three, for, one for three, for three. Five for five from the free throw line, so that's good to see. Eight rebounds, four assists, five turnovers. Um, Mitchell Robinson fouled out again. He must address that issue. Um, Bobby Porter's played 30 minutes. He looked rusty. He was three for nine, zero for three from three. Seven for seven for eight from seven for eight, excuse me, from the free throw line. So that's a good sign as well. Taj Gibson, 15 minutes. Um, two he, he shot two for three from the field goal range, four for eight from free throw. Lonzo Trier came off the bench late. Uh, three minutes, well, four minutes, 37 seconds into the third quarter, Lonzo Trier checks in. And for 17 minutes, the guy four for seven from the field, two for four from the, the three-point line, four for four from the free throw line, 14 points plus one. <sighs> I'm a... Um... I'm going to let you get into it first, bro, before we even talk about the point guard situation, because that, I, I, I'm a, that's a whole nother conversation me and you got to have. But I'm going to let you go. Overall, what did you see in the game? Um, what's your thoughts about R.J. Barrett and his play? And what, what like, overall, what was your view on the game, man? Well, my overall view on the game was, yeah, I just thought the play wasn't up to scratch. They weren't playing like they were in the first game. Um, that was quite evident. Um, 
you know, Al- Alfred Payton's play was just utter crap. Like, just crap for, yeah. you know, as long as he's been in the league, uh, for as long as he's been in the league, uh, you know, he's been known for his, supposedly known for his defense and, and his passing ability, right? But with what I seen the other night, that even that was just crap. Like uh, his overall play as a whole was just crap. Uh, the flow was just, uh, he just, yeah, it was just whack, man. Like it was, it's probably the worst I've ever seen a team led around. Um, you know, so. In saying that, you know, as I said, uh, when you gave out the stats just before, there was some good play from the obvious people um, that you expect a good play from. RJ Barrett, of course, I'm enjoying. Um, I'm, he's improving all the time. Yeah, uh, he's, he's. I love his instinct. You know, I can't, you know, go on enough about his killer instinct. He's just always there. Like in, he, in his motor, it's always there. Yeah, bro. Uh, real quick, bro. Real quick before you continue. R.J. Barrett has an extremely high motor, bro. Love his motor. His defense is better than advertised. And let me give you this stat, too, before you continue. Alfred Payton has logged in 51 minutes and posted a worse plus-minus on the team, minus 35. Frank Nilakina has logged in 42 minutes and posted the best plus-minus on the team, plus 16. But I'm going to let you continue. Yeah, so... With RJ, you know, as I said, uh, Marcus Morris and RJ, in my personal opinion, are probably the two I can pick out on the team that are going to benefit Kevin Knox. That they, those two, with the way they play, with their motors, with their style of play, I just want Kevin Knox to soak up as much as he can from both of them. And, and, and that's even from, a, from another, uh, you know, from a rookie he soak up as much as he can because, you know, from what I'm seeing from RJ, I, I'd even say he's a little bit ahead of Knox, just skill-wise, obviously, at the moment. Um, so Knox can learn from you. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Nope. But they played together before. Um, they played against each other. They, they, they get along. So they're going to just they're just gonna feed off each other. And then they're both going to just feed off Morris and Mor- vice versa, man. Like, those three are vital cogs, in my opinion, to... Uh, the offense for sure and for certain. Um, and obviously, when it pertains to the defensive side, um, those the, uh, uh, Morris and RJ are going to help Kevin Knox with his motor, you know, on that side of the ball too. So those, those three are vital to the team, but those three, obviously, they, they need someone to feed them the ball too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, RJ's good on and off. Um, we all know Kevin Knox is a better off-ball player. Yep. Uh, Marcus Morris, he, he's a bit of both. He can, he can play on and off the ball. But, I mean, at the moment, I'm loving the ball in his hands when, he, you know, he's got a nice shot. Yep. So, and as far as I'm concerned, I'd say I've nicknamed him already the general. He's the general of the team, Marcus <laughs> Morris. So, he's a big he's, he, he's the big vet. And, and he's playing extremely – I mean, I think he, he's, he's playing better than what he was playing on the Celtics because I think he – you know, excluding a couple of people, he's got better people around him, you know. So, I think it's a better environment. Um, I love the fact that he loves being a Nick. I love the yeah, fact yeah. that uh, yep. he wants to be. As far as I'm concerned, we've signed him now. Just keep extending him until he wants to retire, as far as I'm concerned. I'll keep keep yeah. that attitude, keep that bloke on the team. Because- yo, 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 bro, real quick. Mo- Morris, right? 
Let me give you some numbers. Yeah. Wait. Ellington, Portis, Taj, Morris, and Frank on the court. Plus seven in two minutes and 30 seconds. Ellington, Portis, Taj, Iggy, and Peyton. Minus eight in a minute 27 on the court. Um, I want to tell you something. Remember when Marcus Morris was talking about how the rookies, they listen, and he talking about how the rookies ask a lot of questions. Do you think that was shared against the Boston Celtics young players? Because knowing that they had success the year before Kyrie, you know, Kyrie got hurt. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you think that was a, a, a little bit of slight at the Boston Celtics young guys? Just need yeah, to know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so because you know they added they they brought in Marcus Morris obviously as we know the Celtics and we we knew his style we know him, both him and his brother's style there's not a lot of difference between the two of them um, they've always been very good NBA players always been very serviceable um, I've always loved them um, but I, I don't think you know your, your Tatum's and your J, Jason uh, your, uh, Jalen Brown uh, I don't think they listen to him like at all like I, I just don't think they soaked <laughs> up anything because I've noticed with say Knox and RJ you can see Marcus Morris rubbing off on them whereas you know as much as he probably obviously would have tried with with the two in Boston they you couldn't see his style rubbing off on them and I think his style's still good for this NBA like that that bully ball like that that attitude of I'm not going to let anyone come in here and disrespect his type of attitude. Like, um, and I think that was what was missing from the Celtics, to be quite honest. Like, he, he was the only one really bringing... I mean, Horford, to, to his degree, too, he, he brought it when he was healthy as well. But apart from them two, no one else was sort of, you know, playing that style. And you kind of need to play that, especially on defence, you know. As I, as I always say, you know, you can put up as many points as you want every night, but if you're not defending like a dog and bullying and, you know, defending your points, you know, what's the point in scoring in the first place, you know, because, you know, you're just going to get outscored. Mm-hmm. And what's funny, as we talking, I was talking to – I was on Twitter and I asked Spencer Perlman to give me – some lineups. Give me some plus minus from the lineups that played on the night. So the best plus minus lineup played two minutes and 30 seconds together, which was the Frank Nellikina, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris, Taj Gibson lineup. And it was a plus seven. The worst lineup on the court was Alonzo Trier, Frank Nellikina, R.J. Barrett, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Porters. They was at minus seven. Ah, oh, man. The, the, the game yesterday, it, it was disgusting, man. I, w- I was so pissed off yesterday, bro. I agree with you. I was disgusted at the perimeter defense. I was disgusted at the ball movement. Julius Randle bow- trying to bolt, like, strong arm his way into three defenders and not passing the ball out. They gotta, they gotta get more free flowing ball movement going in, and it's funny. We we about to get into how Alfred Payton and Frank been playing so far, but it's funny. I was listening to, I think it was nothing but Nick's YouTube channel yesterday, 
And, you know, it was a guy named Ron Cleveland, uh, Nick Nash. I, I forgot his name, but he brought up a good point. He said he let Fizdale, he, he said Fizdale did that on purpose. Fizdale let them guys out there for that, for that 36 to 6 run. And he was explaining how Fizdale wanted to see if Peyton could stabilize the offense during that run. And it was obviously overwhelmed Peyton. It looked like was not ready to start inside of the garden. And when Trier and Frank Nelikina came back in the game, the offense looked more stabilized. The defense looked a little better. Um, The point guard situation, bro. Alfred Payton in these first two preseason games, 2.5 points per game, 14, 14% from the field goal range, 25% from the five rebounds a game, 2.5 assists, two steals, two turnovers, and has not been to the free throw line in 25 minutes. Frank Nilakina, seven points per game, 29% from the field goal range, 30, 14% from three, four rebounds, three assists, half a steal, half a block, 2.5 turnover ratio and averaging two free throws a game in 21 minutes per this point guard situation is getting dicey bro DSJ he got back problems I seen what back problems did to Tracy McGrady one of my favorite players of all time this ain't looking too good bro this is not looking too good and Alfred Payton with zero for nine in yesterday's game in an abysmal performance. I see – I think Frank should get a shot Wednesday, man. I, I think it's time. If DSJ is not hurt, I think it's just time, man. And another thing I want to throw at you, bro, before you go on a rampage about the point guard, I'm not willing to pay DSJ $20 million. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to do it, especially with back problems. If you want to take $12 million, I understand. But $20 million, no. Now, Frank Nelikina will be a cheaper option. Peyton, I'm not even looking into this discussion. How are you feeling about the, the point guard rotation, bro? And overall, like, what's your overall view of, 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 of what's going on, bro? <laughs> this is this this is gonna get interesting. So obviously, as I'm, I was talking to you earlier, you 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 know my thoughts on this situation. Um, I think it's a position of need. I think we've got you know plenty of depth at every other position, and every other position at the moment seems right. Okay, uh, both starting and backup. What we do need is more consistent competent point guard play. We've got three point guards that are class of point guards on our roster. Out of the three of them currently, the one standout for me is Frank. And there's going to be a lot of people hating me saying that, but facts are facts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fans that hate on Frank, but facts are facts. Now, these same fans that hate on Frank like to turn around and say, pretty much in their own words, that Dennis Smith Jr.'s... um, Shoulders, head and shoulders above Frank Nidikina. I haven't yet to see it. 
Um, Frank's defensive IQ and defensively, in my opinion, is head and shoulders above Dennis um, yeah, and well, will continue yeah, to be. Bro can, bro, can I attest to that real quick? Can I, can I just say, for the sake of argument, for the sake of argument, Dennis Smith Jr. is going into his third or fourth year. Isn't it his third year, correct? Yeah. He's going into a year where usually point guards kind of figure out their game. They kind of put on a career year. You kind of see what type of level they could get to. He does averages at least 13 points by accident. He does averages five assists by accident. What, what is the – besides help, how can you make the argument that Frank will be a better option at point guard, even if Dennis Smith Jr. It, it, just for the sake of argument, if he shows, if he comes back and he looks serviceable. Okay, well, for starters, we all know Dennis Smith's got short arms, and Frank has, and Frank's got length. Dennis Smith, unlike Frank, can't can't cover three positions, okay, because of his size. He just he just can't. Um, defensively, I don't ever see him being on the level of Frank. Frank, I mean, me and you have discussed many, many times. If Frank's best got one of the best attributes of Frank, it, it's his defense and defense IQ. Um, he, he just can defend one through to three. Um, he's just superior in every way when it comes to that side of the ball. Uh, as far as I'm concerned with what I've seen when he's been on the court, you know, in the little that he's been on the court in the first two preseason games and what I saw at FIBA, I believe he also can run an offense better than Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith, you know, there is a, in my opinion, there was, uh, I've sat back and I've hummed and hard and I've gone over this several times. That, but as far as I'm concerned, there was a reason Den, uh, Dallas wanted to get rid of him because Luka Doncic is... 10,000 times a facilitator that Dennis Smith ever going to yeah, be. He's the point guard. He yeah, he's the point guard. Yeah. He reads the floor a lot better. Now, we've discussed this before too. We don't need a point guard throwing up shots like Steph Curry. And a lot of fans today, a lot of newer fans today, they're all about, oh, we want our point guard to do what Steph Curry. Not every point guard has got that slick, smooth shot like Steph Curry and can separate himself enough to be able to pull off shots like Steph Curry can do. There's only one Steph Curry, only going to ever be one Steph Curry. So everyone needs to get that out of their head. Dennis Smith is not going to have a three-point shot ever like Steph Curry. I don't want Den I don't want Dennis Smith throwing up shots because he is like Russell Westbrook. They just brick him. The the best things about Russell Westbrook and Dennis Smith Jr. as far as I'm concerned, and this is all Dennis Smith Jr. has shown me, is their dunking ability and and their jumps. But that doesn't win your championships. We're in the business of winning championships. That type of point guard play, always looking to do that. I mean, you want to do that, just stick to your dunk content. Don't don't try and do that all the time in in you know in a, in a normal game. And both him and Westbrook seem to play very very similar games. Like the only only thing I would give Westbrook over him is Westbrook has reasonably high assist numbers in most games. Now Westbrook, I, I say this. I say this. Westbrook does have high IQ when it comes to defense. When it, I, yeah. I think Westbrook is a great on the on ball defender. I don't, I don't know. Some people would think different, but I think but, Westbrook, I mean, Westbrook is just a greater player, bro. I, I, I'm just, I don't see Russell Westbrook in his game. I'm just, okay. 
Okay. I'm just curious. Continue. Continue. I'll put it in these terms. Okay. So we, we, we've got – we'll go back to the draft, and I'll mention four names right now. Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nindakina, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell. Right? I'm not taking Dennis Smith Jr. over any one of those other three. Not, not a chance in hell because he hasn't shown me anything that he is great at other than the dunking. Now, I mean, this, this is a guy that, that works on his flashy dunk. And then, I mean, he had to go and repeat him several times over when he was doing the dunk contest. Like, I, I don't want a guy that's just got that train of thought. I don't want a guy that gets low assist numbers. And he, he didn't have the greatest assist numbers even at Dallas before Luca got there. Like, he looks but, lost. But I lost. This. Let me throw this at you. His shooting numbers and his three-point percentage got higher in his second year. You, you know what? It was, this was a good point that me and you was talking about earlier. I feel like the fans need to talk. We, they need to hear this too. Remember the conversation we was having about championship point guard tandems? Yeah. We were yeah. talking about um, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, and we talked about, you know, Derek Fisher. Like all different types of point, like, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Patty Mills, Tony Parker. Yeah. What is okay, for, for, for example, okay, like, okay, let's go back to when the Cavs won and, and, and they had the Kyrie Daly combination, right? Now, I'm, I'm not going to go on about Kyrie, but I'm going to go on about Daly. Now, Daly's never been considered a top 10 point guard, but what Daly did in that, that series where he literally got taken to hospital one game from pure exhaustion because he was trying his – he wore his heart on his sleeve. He tried his heart out, you know, played defense, did everything that was needed of him. I don't see Dennis Smith even being that type of point guard. And that's the type of point guard play that wins your championships. Like, I, I can't I can't envision him even even being like that. I can't even envision him being like a Pat Bev. Now, Pat Bev's not a scorer, but he doesn't need to be a scorer, especially more so now than ever because he's got Kawhi Leonard. He's got Paul George. Now, with his defense and then just his passing ability to feed it out to the open man, I mean, they, I expect the Clippers to be the favorites in the West because of that. Like, defensively and offensively, they're going to be pretty equal, you know, and stable in that regard. So... You know, going back to what we were talking about, you look at the last few championships, like Lowry and, and, and Van Fleet, right? You know, yeah. they're both different type, style of point guard. They weren't losing anything when one was on the court and the other wasn't on the court, right? So yeah. I need Dennis Smith to show me something of that kind of ability because if he can't, then he's not going to win us games. Like, even a Fred Bland Fleet will take the Curry and Lowry, we'll take the top point guards out of it and we'll just leave it at Daly and, and Fred Bland Fleet. If he can be one of those and turn into one of those type of players, that's the type of player that's going to help with the rest of the group to win a championship. Like, I don't need a one-track mind, one-dimensional point guard that's not really going to be the best scorer out there trying to be the best scorer out there. I, I need him to be a facilitator. I need him to have a higher basketball IQ. And I need him to play defense and not look so lost on defense. Like, you know, he, he looks as bad as Harden does sometimes, where they just look like, you know, lost deer in the headlight puppy dogs. Like, you know, and then you look, you say like Harden, that, that's, that's what the big negative I've always had on James Harden. Like, 
you look at how focused he is on offense and you sit back and go, when, when you look at him on defense, why can't you play that hard on defense that you do on, you know, and you look that good on offense and your basketball IQ looks that high on offense. So why does it look so shit on, on defense? Like, you know, so you can't win games. You still can't win championships and you can't win games without defense. You know, you just can't. It, it, it's always going to be like that. Um, you know, and, and I know a lot of players come into the league and they're just all about offense. But again, like, you can be able to stay in your As I said, you don't even have to be considered the best defensive player out there. Like, if you can just go out there and play like a Paddy Mills and a, and a Matthew Delavadover and, and people like them where they're just trying their hearts out, trying their guts out, exhausting themselves. Like, that's the type of player that's going to that's gonna win your games because they're out there trying their heart out for the coach, trying their heart out for their fans. And I just don't see that type of attitude or fight yet in Dennis Smith. <laughs> so so what numbers what is what do he have to do this season in order to win your heart over? Because I got he gotta do something, man. Cause this, yeah. this, this, <laughs> I didn't think your assessment of DSJ would be down on him. I think he needs to complete. Yeah, I think he needs to completely change his game um, from what he's been playing. Um, I, I think he needs to take advice and take criticism, and he has to take it a lot better than what he was taking it in Dallas. Because if if he's going to do that type of crap in New York the fans are going to turn on him really quick because yeah, yeah. We, we don't want any whinging, you know, sourpuss little babies in New York. We don't need that. You know, that's what the Brooklyn Nets have got. We don't need that on the Knicks. <laughs> no, so don't. he needs to man up and accept his role. He needs to play defense. He needs to get a lot better on defense. Um, and he just needs to be, a, a, you know, a lot better facilitator. Like, don't look to score so much. Look for your open man. You know, get that ball, keep that ball movement. Because while that ball's moving, you know, you're keeping the other team on their toes and you're wearing them out too because they're constantly having to move around, you know, defending each and every player. And eventually someone's going to become open. So, you know, it, it all comes back to, as I said, like similar to the Warriors style. It, it always, the ball ends up with the open man. It never stays with someone. If someone's, you know, got locked in on, they find the open man, they score. You know, it's as simple as that. It's it's that simple. And Dennis Smith needs to learn to play that sort of free flowing offer. He, he's not an ISO player. He's not like ISO. He's not. He's not even going to be as good as ISO though when it comes to ISO. So, you know, and I've seen him try to do a bit of that in Dallas, and it just didn't really work. Um, you know, he doesn't have the length to for really for that type of game. Um, so yeah, he just he needs to show me a lot more than hey, I, I I can. <laughs> I'm I'm short, but I can dunk. You know, I can jump this high and dunk. Oh, that that's all I I've got on him at the moment. That's all I've seen. Like, I'm, I'm taking statistics out of this, and that is all I've seen from Dennis Smith. Is hey, I'm I'm short, but I can dunk. Look at me go. Like hey, I've seen Russell Westbrook. I've I've seen it before with Russell Westbrook. I want to see something else. Give me something else. So let's talk about all right. Let's let let let's get away from the point guards right now. Let's talk about Alonzo Trier and Mitchell Robinson. Um, Trier, this guy right man, he played I believe five minutes the first game, 
Doesn't come off the bench. Or I believe he played eight minutes. Doesn't take a shot. Doesn't come off the bench. Or I think he was zero for two. And he gets off the bench this game. And he just pops up with 14 points. <laughs> um, And then when he came in the game, I noticed he, he played with Frank Nelikina. And they played with each other last season. So I'm pretty sure they would have good rapport with each other. Pretty sure they would know how to play with each other. How 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 are you feeling about Isozo? I love him. I, I've heard people say Isozo should start, but I think he's in the perfect uh position at the moment. I think he's a off the bench six man. I'm gonna give you 20, 30 points right off the bench. And I noticed the ball didn't stick with Isozo yesterday. The ball did not stick, it it kept moving. The, yeah. the ball movement looked good with Isozo. And his defense, his defense is underrated. He's not a slouchy defender. He can defend when he wants to. Um, how how do you feel about ISO's performance, man? Do you do you ever see him starting or 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 do you agree with me as far as the, the bench row? Because that's that's what I see for him. I see it in future playoff series where we need a bucket. He's coming off the bench, he gives us ten straight points. <laughs> and I like his ability. He's six five. And he, he goes for the chase down blocks. Um, I, how you feeling about Isos though? Love him, love him, man. Um, I love that he fact that he's he's kind of changed his style up a bit. Um, obviously last year he was all ISO mainly. Um, and now he's sort of doing a bit of everything else and still still keeping his ISO game because his ISO game's beautiful, man. Um, so. I love that he's he's changed, and it's not just sticking to his hand anymore. And he and he's looking to pass, and he, he you know he's doing things he wasn't doing last year. So he's definitely improved. Um, as far as uh, being a starter, I see him being one of these type of players. Definitely a six man, and definitely going to be good coming off the bench always. Um, but if we've got injuries, I, I don't see him being a slouch. Um, if he has to start, I, I see him taking on that challenge. Um, he's got that mentality. Um, he's always looking to get better. I love his attitude. I love that he's he he, he's, he reminds me of I guess of a human baby. He, he's just soaking everything up, soaking everything Fisdale saying, soaking everything Keith Smart saying. Like you know, he's very coachable. Um, you know, and I have seen a lot of stories written that that the coaches love him in that regard. That he's very coachable. He's very open uh, to to listen. Uh, again, to criticism and, and just coaching in general. So I like what I'm seeing from him. Um, you know, I, I believe that, hey, as I said, if he ever gets thrown into the starting role for whatever reason that may be, um, he'll handle it. Um, obviously, I think he, he will be – his skills are better coming off the bench and, and he could win multiple six-man of the year awards. Um, yeah. I agree with you on defence. He, he's improved a lot. On, on defense from from where he was um, especially at the start of last season um, I'd like to see him obviously like you said just just lock in a little bit more but hell I'd, I'd prefer him on the court ag- again over Dennis Smith defensively like you know at least he tries like and he's showing the ability that he's willing to try on that side and, and get better on that side and that that's what what I like to see too so um, you know, do, do I see him ever becoming or being considered a two-way player? 
I'll, I'll give it a, a, a small possibility um, if he continues to improve on that end and, and, and show out on that end. So, um, you know, he doesn't even necessarily have to be considered a top five two-way player. But, you know, I, I could see him easily one day even just coming off the bench considered a top 20 two-way player if, if he, can, as I said, continues to show out and improve defensively like he has been um, and just improving his overall game. Um, so... Yeah, I do like what I see for Tria, from Tria, and um, I, I'd like to hope that he, he remains Nick for, for a long time. I, I see him being, again, I, either either as a starter or off the bench. Either way, he's going to be another integral part to um, our Knicks winning a championship one day. Yeah, I love Isozo, man. He shoots a good percentage from three. He shoots a good percentage from the field. He's just a pure shooter, like pure, just pure shooter. I love Isozo. And you know what I love too that that people always also pointed out about Isozo that I noticed his facial expression. He didn't complain to the ref when he got the offensive fouls called on him. He just he just walked right back on defense. I loved it. I loved it. That means he's growing up before our eyes. He's he's becoming a professional. God, he's Mitchell. Isozo. Mitchell Robinson for the final guy we're going to talk about tonight. Um. I was disappointed. I, I I was disappointed too, and I know he's the fan favorite. I know he's the guy we try to avoid to criticize, but we gonna have to get him. We gonna have to criticize him right now. And that yeah, he was, was bad he, yesterday. That was yeah, bad. He, and he's a yeah. part of the defense, bro. He's a part. He's he was a huge factor in why we got smacked yesterday. Yeah, well, he was he was kind of just like whacking and smacking and swinging at everything. Wasn't he? <laughs> he just it was like a, there was it was honestly it was like we, I was watching him like there was a fly buzzing around his head and he was just trying trying to get rid of the damn thing. Like, <laughs> like it was just whacking everything. Like and that's that's I mean he was having a bit of problems with that last season with the whole foul trouble and that and like you mentioned earlier that that's something he he seriously has to work on. Um, you know, and, 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 and tone down and, and kind of get out of his game a bit defensively. Uh, <laughs> pick his timing a lot better, put it that way. Um, because what tell you what, when he does time his jump and his block right and pulls off the block, it's, it looks beautiful. Uh, if, he, if he can get more consistent in that and not just go whacking and smacking and swinging, <laughs> it'll be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mitch, he... he... He killed me, man. He killed. I'm like, come on, bro. You do that, man. He was jumping yeah. at everything. The tip for tap fouls. He he got to get better on that because obviously, obviously, you see when he not on the court, the, the, the defense was hurt, man. He he was hurt yeah. yesterday, man. And I was yeah. I was like, damn, like. So Mitch, he he has to know. He he has to understand that he has to stay on the court. Yeah, he needs, to calm, he needs to calm down a bit. Like I, I think he sometimes, like like example for that from the game, he gets a bit he gets a bit jumpy, a bit itchy. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. you can, and it's just like calm down, like just relax, like you know. Um, because as I, as I said, when when he does and he plays a lot more relaxed, not so you know bouncy and and so itching to whack everything. How um, many times? right like it, it's just beautiful to see like if he, he become that more into his game and, and less of this 
know, bouncing around, whacking everything. In there. Like he, he's going to be, as we know, a defensive machine. Like you know, and and yeah, he just—it's just all about his timing and being more calm. That—that's—that's that's really all it is—is is, is timing and just being more calm, being more patient. You know, he's—he's he's really got to watch, watch the player that's in front of him. Like you know, just watch and then time it. You know. Yeah, yeah, he he killed me yesterday, man. I'm like, what, well, Mitch? What the hell are you doing, bro? You cannot yeah. take the tip of that foul. It's funny how when Mitch and Frank Nolakina get in early foul trouble, the defense just collapse. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I think. They're... Apart from Marcus Morris, they're two anchors, and like them getting in foul trouble where you're having to take them off the court so you're not completely having them off the court the rest of the game, you know, it, it takes away from the defense. And um, yeah, I've noticed that every time either one of them or both get into foul trouble, the defense kind of has to be a little bit, you know, more passive instead of aggressive, you know. So, um, and it hurts. And it hurts. And, and then, we're, of course, having Mitch completely off the court completely hurts you. Um because, you know, as good as some of our guys are defensively, there's just no one like Mitch to, to get you those blocks and, and those rebounds, you know. So it, it, it's funny. So the guy who subs in is Bobby Porters. Now, Bobby Porters hasn't played in a while. I will admit that. He has not played in a while. So I'm Look not rusty. I'm not going to condemn him. He was rusty. <laughs> and. Yeah. It was bad. It, it was bad. He was running into people. He, he he was just flinging shots up off the pick and pop. It's oh. of, you know, giving the extra pass. I'll give him the pass this game because he was – Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. Put it this way. We, we both know and we've both seen he can be a lot better. I, I think, as you said, it was just rust. He, um, he just has to get his um, game fitness up. That, that That's all I think it was, to be quite honest. Um, it just needs to get in, in, you know, mixed in with the rest of them that have been playing. So get the feel back and everything, and um, you know, give it, give it a couple of games, and and he should be starting to flow again. Um, I have no doubt about that because, as I said, I, I know how good he can be. Uh, you know, he showed out last season for Washington, so I, we we know what he we know what he can bring when he's on. So it just just got to give him a little bit of time to get back in the groove, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about Bobby Porter. He's gonna have a good game next. Year. I, I, people was killing him. I, you know, I was, you know, I listen to everybody, man, every day. So you know, I, I listen to uh, if, Nick Fan TV. People calling, they was killing Bobby Porter, man. Called him wide bug eyed. <laughs> if but, if there's one area of his game, I, I will say that I would like to see a lot more improvement. It's on the defensive side. Because yeah. for, for a, such a big man who has the pace that he does, because he moves around on that court really well when he's at full health, um, for, for, for a big fella, um, I'd like to see him get more rebounds, um, for sure and for certain, um, both offensive and defensive rebounds. Um, he should be able to do that because he's got a lot of bounce. As I said, at full health, he's, he's got good speed. He's got good bounce. He's a big man. He, he's a beast. He's a bully. Um, he's got that right attitude, you know. Um, yeah, be more aggressive on defense and lock in a bit more on defense. Um, he gets he gets better on that side of the ball, and whew, he's going to be a very very dangerous player. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that most definitely. So Kevin Knox didn't play this game. I no, that hurt us. Um, Wayne Ellington played. He he played solid. Hey, Wayne Ellington, we don't really got to get into much about Wayne Ellington. He plays just like Wayne Ellington. Comes on screen. He's not a good passer though. I'll give you that before you go, though, bro. He's not a good passer at all. No, no, and I agree. That's probably one negative I do have against him. But apart from that, I mean, you know what you got in Ellington. Um, you know, he's a vet now. Um, you know what you got. Um, you know what you're going to get. Um, he's very serviceable. Um, yeah. So, you know, just um, t- tighten up those passes there, mate. That's that's all I ask. Um, apart from that, yeah, keep doing what he's doing. He's solid. Yeah, very solid. Um, I guess that's about it. I guess, I guess the next game we're playing against the Atlanta Hawks now. Yeah, I, I've said this to guys on Twitter. I said this in the Twitter group. I guess this is the last segment, so we just gonna talk about that and get out of here. I was in a Twitter group. I'm I'm in a Twitter group, so I'm talking to these guys all day about the Knicks or whatever. So I'm like, look, man, this could be a great statement game for Frank Nilakina, man. Yeah. Because if DSJ can't go because he's back, I don't want to see Peyton start this game, man. I want to see Frank because Trey Young will light Alfred Peyton up. He will light him up. I'll tell you now too, bro. Uh, DSJ comes in and starts. Trey Young's going to light him up too and run circles around him. Um, the yeah, only person yeah. I want to see, I'll see defending Trey Young is Frank Nittlekeen. Don't, 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 don't anyone give me the other two point guards. Even nope. if Dennis, yeah, even if Dennis gets the green light and says, yeah, he can go, he can back up Frank, man. I, I want Frank on Trey Young. And then nah, I don't want any of the other two. <laughs> Frank, Frank will lock him down, man. I'm telling he you. Did. He did. I, I remember the game. I remember the game last year. Frank played against um Trey Young. Frank held him scoreless the first half. Yeah. And the second yeah. half, and then the third quarter, he locked him down too. I think Trey Young had a horrible game that game. Yeah, he did, um, man. I remember, I remember that game well, and that that's what I'm talking about. The, our, our, the three point guards we got, if they're all healthy, I'm I'm telling you, I need Frank to start because if Frank don't start, Trey Young's going to start killing us early. Um, you know, he's got very quick release. He's got a nice shot. We all know that. Um, he's he, he's Steph Curry lined, I guess you can call him. Um, so that game, I was going to say earlier, that game's going to be a danger game. Um, even though it's a pretty, it's just a danger game because you, you don't want that exciting young team over there in Atlanta in a preseason game to get one up on us going into the actual regular uh-huh. season. You know that they've got some players over there, um, so that's why I mean it's a danger game. Um, do you know? I, I was going to ask you though. Do you, I, you didn't see a lot of Cam Reddish. Is he going to be playing or? Yeah, Cam Reddish been playing. Cam Reddish been okay. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah is he's been okay. Against us? Huh? Is he is he in the lineup against us? I think he probably will. I think he's gonna play. He's I don't think he's in the starting lineup though, but I know he's gonna play. Um and DeAndre Hunter is the other one. Yeah, he's been playing too. He's been playing too. But Yeah. I, I you know another reason why? I think it's an even bigger reason. We got to win this game. 
The media yeah. is going to kill the Knicks if we do not win this game. Yeah. Because yeah. right there's already media going around saying that the Hawks got a better young core than we do, saying that the Hawks got Trey Young and blah, 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 this, that, and the third. I want to win this game, bro. Yeah, yeah. I feel like even if this, I want to say- this injury, I feel like Frank needs to start. Yeah, this, this game, I need Frank and RJ to start, and I need both of them to make a statement straight away in their own way. Obviously, Frank, when it pertains to facilitating in his defense, and RJ, when it pertains to, to his scoring. Um, yeah, just and, and, and stay locked in the whole game. I want to see a big game from both of them. Yeah, me too. Me too, most definitely. All right. I'm- that's enough, man. I guess I, I guess we got in a little bit of everything. Any any last words for the people, man, before we get out of here, brother? Yeah. Um, hopefully, this next game, obviously, is going to be a lot better than uh, than our last game. Um, we we want to, you know, see a lot more improvement. We want to we want to get wins. Um, you know, that's what we're in the business of. So we want to see improvement from everyone. Um, Obviously, still excited for Marcus Morris, you know, the general. He's going to be out there doing his thing and and um, hopefully he keeps the boys, you know, going, gets their spirits up and keeps them playing hard. Uh, so um, keep that excitement factor there and, and let's just um, tune into this game against the Hawks and, and hope we can make a bit of a statement um, leading into the, to the new season. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like we should definitely win this game. I feel like this is a statement game. This is a statement game for the young Knicks core. I feel like the media is going to kill us if we do not win this game. I don't want to go on Twitter if we do not win this game. So I feel like even after that last loss, I feel like the Knicks should come out with guns blazing, man. You lost bad. You lost by 20. You feel like... Come out with guns blazing. And what I would like to see, most importantly, before we get out of here, and I know you're going to agree with this, bro, I want to see a line of change. I do not want to see that same starting five coming out for the next game. No, no, I, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, if do you know, I'm just going to ask before we go, do you know if Knox is going to be playing in this game? Um, I don't know, but by the time Wednesday come around, I know we should know. Um, we definitely do need Kevin Knox, though, for sure. We definitely do need Kevin Knox. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I don't know what starting lineup they might run out, but, I mean, just just for, say, one, two, and three, I'd lo- if he's right, I'd love to see um, Frank, RJ, and Knox start at the one, two, and three. And then, um, obviously, Marcus Morris there at power forward. Um, and then, yeah, maybe Julius Randle even at centre to start. We'll have to bring Mitch off the bench after his bad performance in the last game. Yo, you know what's so crazy? You wasn't the first person that said that. And I initially disagreed with that. I kind of am in agreement with that. I'm not going to lie to you. Damn. So I'm playing 2K, right? And I'm thinking, (laughs) before we go, I'm thinking they're going to start Giannis at power forward. So I start Boy Boy next next to Mitchell Robinson. But they start him at small forward. And I got R.J. Barrett at small forward. So it's looking like he ain't about to score no points this game. (laughs) 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 
But shout outs to everybody, man. Shout outs to you, Mr. Mitchell, man. We, we I had a I had a fun time, man. This was a good five, man. We needed this breather, man, after that disgusting performance. But oh, man, for sure. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. But shout outs to everybody, man. State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 54. It's your boy, Slizzy, with my guy, Mr. Mitchell. Out of here. Peace.